0: Okay, um, hi, welcome to Crimely, where we talk about true crime or literally anything that piques my interest Um, so today we are talking about the 16th Street Baptist Church bombing Um, this, today is gonna be more, um, historical? <laughs> I didn't mean it to be, but it is gonna be, <laughs> so there's that Um, oh, I'm your host, Cass Right. (laughs) Forgot to introduce myself. Um, okay. So, Birmingham, Alabama, right? A place now known for peaceful canals, Peaky Blinders, being the birthplace of Ozzy Osbourne. Wasn't always like that. Wasn't always bustling with night night to life and diversity. Um... In the early 60s, Birmingham was one of the largest racially split cities in the U.S. Um, MLK called it the most segregated city in the country. Um, Birmingham was founded in 1871 and soon became the center of industrial and commercial work in the state of Alabama. However, it was one of the most segregated and racially based based biased cities of America. Um, I I feel like I can't mention MLK and Birmingham without mentioning um, MLK's letter from Birmingham jail as well. So on um, April 3rd, 1963, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and his Southern Christian Leadership Conference and their partners in the Alabama Christian Movement for Human Rights led a string of protests, marches, and sit-ins against segregation in Birmingham, and by April 12th, MLK and the others were in prison, and in a Birmingham prison, um, he wrote the now famous letter. Uh, I'm not gonna go too deep into it, or I'll turn it really into a history lesson, but definitely go read up on it. Um, So, first off, (laughs) um, the church itself was a significant religious place for the black population, um, and for civil rights in general. Um, however, because of this bombing, it was soon just a place filled with pain and suffering, um, yeah. Um, on Sunday, September fifteenth, nineteen sixty-three, four members of the regional Ku Klux Klan—Thomas um, Blaine, Robert Chambliss, Bobby Cherry, and alleged Herman Cash. Um, Herman Cash passed away; was never tried for any alleged involvement, so I don't mention him again. Um they planted 19 or more sticks of dynamite all hooked up to a timer beneath the steps of the east side of the church. Um they had planned a right-wing attack terrorism and it would lead to a lot of destruction, all right? Um roughly at 10:22 a.m. an anonymous caller called the church where a 14-year-old girl named Carolyn Mall, I think I'm pronouncing that right, forgive me if I'm wrong, um, she was the acting secretary for the Sunday school. Um, she answered the phone, the caller then said three minutes before hanging up. We're going to pause there, alright? Like, what do you think she was thinking about or feeling in that moment? Like, is this a prank? Should I call someone? Should I tell someone? Fear, confusion... No matter what she thought or felt, she wouldn't have had the time to act on anything because not even one minute later, the bombs that laced the building exploded. Um, Five children were in the basement of the church at the time. Um, They were preparing for a sermon, and if you don't know what a sermon is, it is a talk on religion or a religious moral subject, um, usually given during a church service. Um, Passages of the Bible or like, a song or whatever. Um, they were doing a rock that will not roll. Um, the explosion blew a hole. Measuring seven feet in the church's back wall, um, it blew a crater five feet wide and two feet deep in the basement. It destroyed the rear steps of the church. One of the survivors said the explosion shook the entire building and sent the girls' bodies through the air like ragdolls. Um, it even blew, um, a passerby who was riding a motorcycle off of his bike. Um, even more show of destruction was cars, um, And windows of properties more than two blocks away were destroyed by the blast. Um, All but one of the church windows were shattered. Shattered. Um, The undamaged window was a stained glass window that depicted Jesus Christ leading a group of young children. Which is a... Yeah... Um, after this, a crowd had formed, some of them slightly injured, and surrounded the church. Um, they tried to search the debris for survivors, while the police set up barricades, um, um, while, um, several outraged, Men disrupted and fought the police. Um, Nearly 2,000 people of color were on the scene following the explosion. Yeah. Um, So we're going to move on to the losses. The losses were of four. Um, The first one was Addie Mae Collins, she was 14. Carol Denise McNair, she was 11. Carol Rosemond Robertson, she was 14. And Cynthia Diane Dion, Wesley, sorry, um, she was 14. Um, all four girls were killed in the attack, all pronounced dead on arrival when they arrived at um, Hillman Emergency Clinic. Um, uh, Addie's younger sister, Sarah Collins, who was age 10 at the time, who was also in the basement uh, restroom, um, was injured and she lost her right eye. That was her um, only um, really like devastating uh, injury. Okay. So, now we're moving on to the aftermath um a lot happened it was quite crap um i i i hate the fbi but i mean it's the 1960s um so in the aftermath of the bombing black protesters gathered at the scene of the bombing police were sent to break up the protests and the violence Um, that soon broke out across the city. Many were arrested, and it eventually led to, um, two men, um, being killed, uh, before the National Guard being called in to take over. Um, and one of the men being killed was by a police officer, and the other was not. Um... Martha Luther King later spoke before um, 8,000 people at the funeral service for three girls. One of the girls' families had a private funeral. Um, I can't. I didn't find who were the three girls for the mass fu- funeral um, service. I sure, I'm sure. i sure if I looked harder, which I shouldn't say that, but I, I literally everywhere I looked, it just said he had a mass he had a funeral service for three girls and it didn't say who the three girls were um, but i'm sure if i looked harder i would have found it um um but he did um although many white supremacists were suspected of committing the crime and repeated cries for justice to be given to the lives lost in the bombing Um, It went unanswered for more than a decade, and here's why. It was later found out that the head of the FBI at the time, J. Edgar Hoover, disapproved of the Civil Rights Movement and was holding on to information. So, um, the Federal Bureau of Investigation concluded in 1965 that the bombing was committed by the four KKK members that I said earlier. However, no prosecutions were concluded until 1977, when the case was reopened by Alabama attorney General Bob Baxley and Robert Chambliss was tried and convicted of the murder of the first degree. That was for the murder of 11-year-old Carol Denise McNair. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like panting. It's because my I got angry. <laughs> oh my god. So Robert Tambliss <clears throat> died in prison in 1985. Um, what can I say? I'm glad. <laughs> um, after that, the case was reopened in 1980, 1988. I don't know why I, I typed that in out of order. Uh, it was open in 1977. 1980 and 1988, Thomas Plan and Bobby Cherry were then put on trial. Um, They were each convicted of four counts of murder and sentenced to life in prison. Um, Because of the outrage of the deaths of the four girls, it helped build and put a bigger push behind the struggles of ending segregation, and that push would lead to a passage of two acts. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the, votes rights, the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Um, so, this one was a really short one, but it was a good one. And if I missed anything, let me know. Um, and if there is anything you'd like for me to cover, let me know.